everybody, it's the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. We're on episode 42. How are you doing, Jack? We got the Jackie Robinson episode. I was going to say earlier today. We were going today, to say that. No, I oh, wasn't. Never mind. But I was going to say, do you know what Cardinal Hall of Famer was number 42? Oh, I do. Do you? Yes. Tell me. Bruce Souter. Good job. Yeah, stay away from me. And you can't really, uh, I mean, they retired his number, but then Major League Baseball made everybody retire 42. All, it was kind of around the same time. So I feel like Bruce isn't getting his, his due. He was a fine pitcher. Today, so The split-fingered fastball is the, the pitch that he mastered that nobody could hit. And I don't think anybody throws that anymore. I think they call it also a forkball. Well, there's the forkball, then there's also the splitter. Um, people still throw the splitter? Yeah, it seldomly. basically just dropped out of nowhere. Like Cur- come at you like a fastball, then just drop. Kirby Yates of the Toronto Blue Jays throws a splitter, but he's been injured the last two seasons. So I don't know any other off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Bruce was good at that early 80s, helped the Cardinals win a World Series in 1982. That pitch was developed by a pitching coach named Mike Rourke, who was not a baseball guy. He wasn't somebody who played baseball, coached baseball or anything. He, he just had some random profession, like dentist or something, and knew how to throw this pitch and taught Bruce Suter and changed the game. Before um, we move on from the Way of Baseball podcast, you, you saying that reminded me of a funny joke of a while ago. I heard a guy talking about um, Tommy John, not the surgery, the guy. Yes. And he was like, and he's like, after Inventor the... Inventor of underwear? He's like, after... After Tommy John's surgery, I mean, Tommy John had, you know, a second career. He was already good, but then, you know, he kept going. And he, But he's like, put him in the Hall of Fame and put the doctor in the Hall of Fame. And it just made me laugh. It reminded me of that. Um, today's Lou Gehrig's day. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. More it's, baseball talk. It's not, a, it's not as big as a deal as any of the other random days they have, but it's... It should be. A lot of ALS talk. Is it? Yeah, it's ALS. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get a mix-up with American Sign Language, so... Yeah, that's not what he had. No, I know. I just, a- L- ALS, ASL, you know. That was always a, a hack comedian joke, like in the 80s, that Lou, Der- Lou Gehrig died of Lou Gehrig's disease. How did he not see that coming? That's but, kind of funny. Yeah. Now, you see, like, the 20th comedian. Is a very hacky uh, stand in front of a brick wall. Okay. 80s comedian joke. So anyway, we've got a couple of new albums we're going to talk about today. You know what else today is? It's Charlie Watts' 80th birthday. Okay. One of the Rolling Stones is now 80 years old. I'll let yes. that sink in. There is a band out there that still tours when allowed where one of the members is 80 years old. That's crazy. That is insane crazy. Do you remember how old? Well, no, you don't because you're not my age. 80 years old. I, My grandpa died at 80 years old. And... He could barely go get the mail out of the mailbox, much less play drums for the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that uh, drumming is hard. It is. And, and just, you know, doing doing a rock and roll show is hard. I don't care if you're just standing there, you know, watching. <laughs> you, know, it's, you, know, you don't start till 9 o'clock at night. Um. Speaking of, this isn't really old talk, but I, I watched part of an interview the other day where Bruce Dickinson was on. Yes. Bruce Dickinson has like a beard and long hair right now. Yeah, why not? It's during uh, quarantine. Everybody grew it out. And I implore you. Now he looks like he should be on Lord of the Rings. He doesn't even look like, he just like, 
I was like, that's not Bruce Dickinson, but it, if uh, you find time, I would recommend just I'll check that out. Google Bruce so Dickinson. Happy birthday to Charlie Watts. Yes. For reaching 80 years old. That's uh, that's quite the milestone, considering the Rolling Stones weren't exactly the uh, uh, models of fitness in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, they did what they got to do. Yeah, they did. So anyway, we're on episode 42. This is going to be a very bluesy episode. If you're looking for metal on this episode, go ahead and turn it off now. Or just learn about new blues things. You could do that. But uh, we're going to talk about the new Black Keys album. Yes, we are. And we're going to do that a little bit later. First, we'll talk about the new Aaron Jones album. First, I should say we are sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make your own podcast. Just go to anchor.fm, go to the App Store, download the app, and you can make the podcast right there in the app. Or you can record the audio beforehand, as we are doing. And then upload that audio to the app, and they will find distribution for you. They will find you sponsors, and you're well on your way, and it's absolutely free. That's anchor.fm. So, we've got concerts are back in a vengeance. Concerts are back. It's weird because, and I think we talked about this last time, concerts are back with a vengeance. There's one announced like every few hours, it seems. But at the same time, there's also announcements of postponements still. Yes. Now... This I, I I hate to kind of go back to talking about sports, but I think it's an interesting thing because I think the most powerful entity during this entire thing has been the NBA because all the like the NBA was the first sport to call it their season whenever everything happened, and then true. the NCAA, the MLB, and the NHL all followed kind of the next couple of days. The NBA is also the first one that like their playoffs are going right now and I think they're pretty close to full capacity crowds and we're kind of seeing just everyone is kind of just go back into and it was just interesting to, to see how because like the MLB and the NFL kind of did their partial crowds and whatnot right. but um like we're seeing and especially like even in the, in ML, the MLB uh you know keeping along those Texas. themes I really watching hockey playoffs right now is very Hard because that is a sport that the crowd really plays into the game. I would agree. Yes. Like I, and I don't really watch football, so I can't say baseball didn't seem weird without fans, but hockey is very, very difficult to watch. There's some teams that don't have any fans at the games. I watched the the Winnipeg Jets briefly because like the Canada is yeah, still Canada is still way locked down. So Winnipeg's got those white seats, and the whole building's white. Everything's white. But it was just, it was almost like watching just like practice. It was, it was very weird because hockey plays, plays into the crowd so much. I mean, sometimes players fight just to get the crowd into it. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's very weird when there's a big hit or something like that. There's nobody to cheer or bang on the boards next to the, next to where it happens. It's, it's very odd watching hockey with, with no, uh, no audience. But, their audience is going to be at rock shows. And we went to a show Saturday night, this past Saturday night. We went to a local venue, holds what, what 2,000 people, I think? Well, I wasn't there. so that, that was... No, but you've been there. Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. You've you have seen many, many yes, shows there. Okay. Two, anywhere between two and 3,000. Okay, argumentative. I, I kind of... Uh... Well, they only allowed 300 in for this show. Okay. And that was... It, it was... First of all, I was worried about the sound. But the the sound guy that they had working really knew what he was doing, and that venue good for him. That venue was built built very recently, specifically for these shows, so it it already sounds good. But the 
that big cat, you know, it's cavernous when there's only 300 people in there and there's a lot of concrete on the floor, as you know, and, uh, it sounded great. It was kind of, it was the kind of show that you wouldn't, there wouldn't be a lot of banging into each other and, and, you know, mosh pits and whatnot. So that wouldn't have happened anyway, but everybody, Until they play free fallen. everybody was just kind of chill and, you know, it was an older crowd. A lot of, it was a it was a Tom Petty tribute band for anyone wondering. Yes, Tom Petty was not yeah. playing. But but a very good show. It was cool to be back out seeing live music. Um, you know, even in even in those situations. So I'm not really sure. I know I've got tickets to a couple shows at that venue coming up later this year. I don't know if they're gonna be full capacity. Yes. Uh the outdoor venue in town, I think they're just going ahead. They're yeah, just, they're going for yeah, it. Yeah, they're going for it. It's outdoors, that's fine. Um there, I think, are some shows at the hockey, our local hockey arena, coming up. I'm not sure oh, about I don't, that. I don't know. But uh, but GNR, they're going back out. They're not coming here. They're not. They're coming, just they, coming. They're just they, going out. They don't do that. <laughs> well, I, I was like looking at some of the cities that they're playing. Well, you, I know they're hitting a lot of secondary markets, but I think when a band does that. They they hit your Missoula, Montana's or Wichita, Kansas or whatever. I think to do that, they have to go back through the major markets. Well, yeah. So I think if they're going to hit Missoula, Montana, they're going to have to hit you know Chicago for two nights or something like that and make that Chicago money to to make it worthwhile to drive out to Missoula, I, Montana. I just think that there's a I feel like they they can get their money here. They, Anyhow, they could. The thing that's interesting about the Guns N' Roses going out. Other than the fact that it's Guns N' Roses, is um, the opening, the opening band. Yes, who is that? Mammoth WVH. That's right. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking me no, to no, like I was prompt a cool like moment. To, to prompt the cool moment, but I had also forgotten. Okay. But yeah, Wolfie. You're not, you're not slick. <laughs> Wonder if Frank Sidoris got in that gig. He's in Wolfie's band and also is in Slash's band. Yeah. For those who don't know who Frank Sidoris is, but uh. Because you, you even looked at me like, huh? Well, I know I did not. <laughs> I know who, I'm familiar with Frankie Sidoris. You don't even know what Frankie Sidoris' side project with Frankie Perez is called. Don't look at me like that. So, yeah, he's. It's in- called I, E, and Y, by the way. Because <laughs> it's a play on words on how the end of their names, because they're both called Frankie, but one of them's with an I, E, and one of them's with a Y. I see. You don't know that Frankie Perez was a singer on the Apocalyptica album. I, I did know that. He's also in that one band that I always forget the name of. It's called, like, um, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> Oh, it's it's the one with Geezer, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's like unloaded handgun or something. That's not the name. Of it. It's not. I want to say it's Red Dragon Cartel, but that's not, not it. That's J- that's Jakey Lee's band. It's not. Maybe uh, our our podcast mascot dog could stop making that noise. Pod dog doesn't work as well. Pod dog. Yeah, I can't remember that now. It it has loaded somewhere in there. Geezer's I want to say. Band. But anyway, getting back to that tour, it's going to be GNR, and they love to take out bands that are kind of, you know, it goes back to when the Stones took GNR out years ago, because the Stones are, are really good about that, giving a, a young band their shot, and now they're returning the favor with Wolfie. So it's, I found it. Good. It's Deadland Ritual. Yes, which is a cool name. It is a cool name. I always remember it's a cool name. I can just never remember it. Anyhow. Anyway, Wolfie, GNR. See them in a city near you, not our city. Um, 
do we want to talk about our kind of our festival, that local festival guy that I got announced today, or is there anything yeah, to talk about? It doesn't with that? really seem like anything to talk about. I got Foo Fighters tickets. Oh, I'll okay. be seeing the Foos this this summer. Good for you. Um, I think I'm seeing Corn. Good for you. I'm also seeing Corn. Stained is on that bill. You're seeing them at Rockfest. Seeing Corn right? and Stained at Rockfest. Yes. Yeah, I'm just seeing them without having to go somewhere for without having to go to Rockfest. Week Fest. and a half. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be a good good summer of shows i think there's enough bands out there doing stuff yeah i'm i mean it it is still kind of concerning because with all due respect to the corns and the stains and the shine downs and all the bands that are out on the road touring this summer they're not the ones that need to tour per se that is true but i think a lot of those bands are still doing it because i i follow all the smaller and they are no just not all of them which is I I know that not all the not every band tours every every year, right, but right, right. there's a lot of bands that I would like like to see active that aren't active. Like we're I'm, going to a show at the uh, the 700 seater. Yes, that that we've seen shows at, and yeah, there I I have not seen very many shows announced for that particular venue, but there was one announced today that we got tickets for. Like there's a. Uh, there's a couple shows that have been announced. I know that um, are at. I don't remember what. Whatever the new one is, that used to be like a hockey rink. Oh yeah, unless yeah. that's the one no, you were talking is, about. It earlier. is a hockey rink, but they've turned it also into a music venue. I didn't. If that's uh, when you mentioned that earlier, I thought you were talking about our actual hockey arena. No, but, no, no. Where the Blues play. Okay, so yeah, we're just, on the same page. Uh, they they change the name of it every three weeks. Yeah, and I refuse to go along. Because uh, Sabaton and Judas Priest is a show that we're going to try to go see. Smaller one. Yes. The, it's like the practice facility. Yes, I know, I, I know. A, I just music we're on the. I just want to make sure we're on the same. Yeah, page Judas there. Priest and Sabaton should be a good. Show. Which That's okay, in September, right? Would, yeah, I think so. Which I think I think it's just funny how neither of us knew that that was happening. No, they're not publicizing it very well. And then uh, one the our concert buddy was like, "Oh, Judas Priest is coming." So then I asked, I was like, Sabaton wouldn't be opening for them, would they?" And they're like, "The opener is." Uh, Sabaton, <laughs> and I was like Sabaton, who I I've seen Judas Priest. I know what it's gonna you be. I've always wanted to see Sabaton. Sabaton, for those that don't know, I know we we said that this was gonna be a metal episode, but for those that don't, Sabaton's like a five finger death punch was good and Swedish. Yeah, I was about to ask you. I knew they were European. I couldn't remember if it was Swedish. The, yeah, they're oh, Sabaton's so cool. Um, I didn't want to slag on five finger, but I had to. Anyhow, they bring it upon themselves. They do. Also, I I have uh, just because like I I do like old Five Finger a lot like early two thousands mid you know up until about two thousand eleven they've they've had a few lineup changes in the last couple of years they lost both the drummer and the guitar player you remember the guitar player that's on that metal show that gave someone his guitar I do he's no longer with uh, the Five Finger no Death Punches so now it's just Ivan and Zoltan and with all due respect to Ivan and Zoltan I don't care that much about Ivan and Zoltan. You know, this is a minor story in the world of rock and roll, but Blackstone Cherry put out a little... They did, I saw that. Their bass player had was that their bass player? Because yeah. I didn't... I only know, like, one or two of them by name. Yeah, so no, it's, was, it was the bass player, and, and, you know, in the grand scheme of Blackstone Cherry, he's, you know, I don't want to say he's the one they could afford to lose, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't... Uh, I've I've... I've, as you know, seen Blackstone Cherry in concert. I'm a big fan, and you know he he wasn't the he wasn't the one we were all focusing on. So, well, 
is uh, how how much higher on the hierarchy is the drummer? The drummer, I believe, is the leader of the band. Oh, so he's pretty important. I think it's his band. Okay, well yeah. then that's that's fair to say. You have the you kind of have to have him. You have the leader compared to the two fun guitar players. Okay, right. look at the bass player. Nobody likes right, right. the bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're very sorry, but that's a kids in the hall reference. As a bass player, I can, I'm not. I'm I can just make that joke. Not slagging on all bass players. Nobody nobody's watching me on stage. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, let's get into this Aaron Jones album. Child of the State. You start talking about that, I'm going to pull up my Aaron Jones notes. I will. So, I we were totally uh totally unaware of this guy until recently. Yeah, so I discovered the Aaron Jones from my local uh, radio station over, over in at school. 989 The Rock in Kansas City. Yes. That is a great station. We've given him a shout out before. We'll do it again. We love 989 The Rock in Kansas City because I was driving I was, to set the stage, I was uh, driving my roommate to the mechanic, or I was driving to pick him up from the mechanic, and not that that matters, but that it just... It doesn't. Rem- That's an extraneous... It, it doesn't matter, detail. but the point of it is I remember where I was when I heard his song, heard him for the first time, and I heard Take Me Away while I was driving, and I was like, this is a cool song, so I uh, I looked into it, and I listened to... That was really all that he had out at that point. Um, off this album at least and the two singles that he had were Take Me Away and Mercy and I've listened to both those on the radio a few times I didn't go I didn't go seek them myself just because you know you know my uh, my system here uh, I like to I like to wait but then this album we noticed it was coming out uh, came out May 21st so what is that about a week or two ago yeah um, week and a half and I told when I noticed it was coming out I was like hey it's coming out I finally listened to it uh, about last week, and it is a really good album. This is a type of music I like to refer to as just hard blues. Yeah, I would like I would agree with that. Blues, it's hard rock. He gets the inevitable comparisons to Gary Clark Jr. You know, being a, a bluesy guitar player that you know he he's he's quite the guitar player as we've noticed listening to this album. I kind of listening to it felt it was more more Lenny Kravitzish. I think it's a mixture of both. I think the well, uh, well, well uh, yeah, but I think the Gary Clark Jr. comes a lot from like they're both youngins kind of doing it now. Actually, I don't know how young Gary Clark Jr. is. I feel like he's been around forever. I think they're probably about the same age. It looks like Aaron's in the his mid thirties. Yeah, I, I, um, but you know, like Lenny Kravitz is cool, but he he's he's an older he's an older gent. He's yeah, been Lenny's doing been it for a, while. for a while. It's funny looking at the the Wikipedia here when we were making our notes. The first song Aaron learned to play was a Lenny Kravitz song, "Fly yeah, Away." And I saw a video. I didn't watch the video, but I saw um, a video of him playing "Voodoo Child," and I didn't watch it, but I wanted to watch it because I thought that was going to be cool. Because I'm sure he, not that many, not that Jimi Hendrix comparisons or that, uh, like no one's Jimi Hendrix, but like you you can see. The Jimi Hendrix influence as well, right? Um, really, I think the big thing is like without go, just going and like kind of breaking apart the songs that I like. I think just he's very good at the things that he does. Well, he's got a really cool, soulful voice. Which, yeah, you know, it's one thing to be a, a guitar hero, but then when you mix in a, a voice like that, then you've got something. And I and, and I and not there's not many dudes out there that are out there solo that have that. Yeah. Now, you know, giving a little shout back to to Blackstone Cherry, that dude wails on the guitar and has a killer voice as well. Um, 
you know, he's, he's obviously in a band and, and they do the Southern rock thing, but those two types of music I think are very similar. The, the Southern rock, the, the hard blues. Yeah. And I think him, I, I think just, he is a really, really good guitar player. I mean, it's every song starts off with a really cool riff and has an awesome solo somewhere in it. Um, which I, you know, as a guitar player, I, I take a lot of, I, I, I like that a lot. And I, I think what you say, yeah, like the kind of just like hard rock blues, I, uh, you know, it, I, I, there's not really just like that much to say about whatever it, cause it, it is what it is. And it's just really good at the, it's, it's simple, but it's awesome. So another Jimi Hendrix connection to him also from Seattle. Yes. Which I, I just not knowing at all, if I had to have hazarded, you know, hazarded a guess, I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking Texas. I see. But you don't. You just don't get a lot of a lot of blues out of the famed of the Seattle area. The but. famed part of Texas, noted called Puget Sound. Right. But as everybody, you know, kind of either doesn't know or forgets, Jimi Hendrix from Seattle. And so, going off of Puget Sound, I think, I think this song has a really good set of bookends. Where the opening song, I think, "Boys" from Puget Sound is a really cool song to open your album with. Just as I think, "Take Your Time" is. I think very good at being the last song of the album, which I think I mention a lot when we talk about albums, but those are two things that I'm a sucker for. If you like, you don't even have to do like the, where you have like an intro track. That's like in a minute and a half of whatever sound effects you have, like a, like a, a trivium likes to do that. And I really like when they do that. But if you just have like a, a cool song that like starts really slow and it kind of feels like there is a natural progression of the album where there, it like starts with a cool, slower crescendo we start and finishes with a decrescendo i little things that i enjoy uh songs that i like on it um on top of the singles uh supercharged was a really fun one as well as i think uh the ones that we listened to before baptize and muddy waters that that seven eight nine right there killing season spinning circles baptize muddy waters i think that's a really good like just trio of songs you have my love remains which is a really good uh kind of a slow jam yeah i don't want to say ballad but you know a slow thing another thing that i want to mention is that um i i think not to knock on other artists that are coming out but i think the weakest part of a lot of modern day artists are their lyrics just because it's hard to be yeah. and part of that's just because For some many songs is hard yeah it is and sometimes like people like and it's it's hard to be philosophically how do you say that word that's a hard word to say like it's hard to be philosophical and deep every song um but right. you know especially if that's not your thing you know yeah like you're some, some artists are deep and some are you know van halen yeah but i i think that lyrically i think a lot of these songs have have really cool yeah, meaningful a lot lyrics of, a lot of, yeah meaningful lyrics a lot of like social stances you know it's it's a very cool album this is actually his third one he had one in uh 2013 2017 so he's on like a four-year cycle and uh things are going well for aaron jones he's getting a lot of radio airplay yeah um looks like he's gonna be out there a little bit on the festival circuit so i would like to see him this summer I yeah i would really like possible, to see him but i would like i would actually like to see him in a in a smaller venue. I 
see both ways sides of that because I think it'd be cool to see him play a you know a 10 15 song set in a well, smaller venue well, this kind of music I think lends itself to a more intimate venue I would like we'll talk agree. about it later when we talk about the black keys but you've seen the black keys I have and you saw them in a fairly large venue right yes I saw them at the uh I saw them in an arena right I don't remember which arena and, I, and that to me that to me is like seeing a, a comedian in a stadium. It just, I don't know, two guys making that intimate kind of music. You want to see them in a, in a smaller venue. I, I think know. I saw them in the, um, actually, I don't remember. I, I don't believe it was the, uh, the hockey arena. But, I think I'm it was, sure it was a big venue. I think it was one of the colleges. Yeah, yeah. Like Chaffetz or something. Yeah. But, and you know, maybe that's a little bit different. But like you see a band like the Rolling Stones or Guns N' Roses in a football stadium, and it's, it's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like. I feel like something like this would be cooler in a like a two three thousand seater. It would even smaller. I just have a thing where I like to see small artists in festival settings. Just to, I think there's something to like. How many of the people in the crowd know who they are, and this is like their first yeah. time seeing them, and and seeing that crowd interaction. I, I yeah, like to see. I, I I see that kind of. And and I think you know a, a festival is probably better than you know like an arena, but yeah yeah. But yeah, I think, or at the very least, um, get them on a get them on an opening gig of some sort right. for someone. But well, yeah. yeah, hopefully we'll both get a chance to see him this summer. If you haven't checked it out, "Child of the State" is the new album from Aaron Jones. It's a very cool album. We really dig it. We're gonna take a break and come back and talk about the new. Black Keys. Welcome back to the Way of Rock podcast, episode 42 with Jeff and Jack. We have to talk about Delta Cream, the new album from the Black Keys. And I'm double checking. No, okay, I was wrong. Um, I feel like I always... I feel like Apple Music has a tendency to switch up... Uh, switch up, uh, what's it called? Album orders. And I listened to this album this morning... And Are you sure you just don't have yours set on shuffle? No, I don't. I hate shuffle. I turn off shuffle. I like when you start doing your show research during the show. Well, no, no, no. I, I just was reading that, and I didn't remember that name being the first song, so I just wanted to verify on my uh, on my phone. Uh, but yeah, this is an album that both times I've... Li- not both times, but most times that I've listened to it, I've not... I've been like actively doing something so i haven't fully been paying attention to song titles so i'm not even uh really certified to talk about what the order of these song titles because i don't fully know them all but i've listened to the album a couple times and i think it's it was a little because when i saw that they released it i was a little worried um not necessarily because i have any issue with the black keys but since I think their last couple albums, like they had that album, I don't remember what it was called, El Camino, the one with Lonely Boy, the gold on the ceilings and the whatnots. That's 10 years old now. And that's a really good album. There's been a couple since then that aren't bad albums, but they kind of leave that, like the, they aren't as Black Keys-ish, where it's like kind of that bluesy garage rock sound, and they kind of go down a more poppy road. Um and even like the last album I think did that. I don't really think it was a bad album. I've listened to that album a few times as well, and I and I like it just fine. But it was good when I heard on a podcast that talked about this album, um, and they just mentioned it was a bluesy album that they really liked it. And I was like, oh, 
I wasn't really going to listen to it. And then I heard that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I listened to it and happy I did because, yeah, it's a, it's just, you know, an hour of kind of slower blues. And yeah, it's, it's an hour, hour of blues. Opens with a John Lee Hooker cover, Crawling King Snake. John Lee Hooker, of course, a, a legendary blues artist. And I have always been kind of a casual Black Keys fan. Yes. I know you're you're more into them than me. Not that I don't have respect for them. And, Although and I would argue that I'm probably also a casual. Yeah, Black you're, Keys you're fan. casual too, but but you're more. You've seen them. I have seen them. I've not. I've not even seen them. But uh, I wouldn't have even known they released an album yeah. since El Camino. Well, um, <laughs> I knew they took a bit of a hiatus. They they were probably a little tired of each other for a while, and that was. Uh, it looks like they had an album in 2019. So between there was a five year hiatus in there. So they probably just took a little break from each other. You know, and and you know, went skiing, started a wine company, something, whatever, whatever rock guys do when they're not being rock guys, and uh, got back together. And this is a winner, I think. There's a lot of a lot of uh, twelve bar blues, which I could listen to good blues artists just riff on twelve bar blues all day long. Yeah, and I mean the cool the cool thing with the Black Keys is it's just those two guys. Like they they have. A band behind them when they play live to right. you know fill, fill out, out the sound. sound right but you know it's just those two and i i do tend to really like the drum work of uh patrick whatever his name is patrick you, carney carney um and of course i think da- dan auerbach has a has a really good voice and, I, and he, he is a pretty good pretty savvy guitar player in his, his own right um and so yeah i Black Keys are one of those bands that I think everything that they release, I'm gonna at least be fair weather on. I don't like they haven't really released anything to this point that I've said, yeah, I'm not feeling this. Um, but then they they I think they have a high potential as far as they can write a they can write and record a good song. They can. It's interesting and to me that a band like the Black Keys that is rooted in the blues and you know obviously with an album like this, it's there's several songs on here that are just straight 12-bar blues. And as you know, listening to somebody like George Thorogood, who's all of his hits are 12-bar blues songs, so you know the song structure. You know where the chord changes are going to be. You know, But when when a band is able to, or an artist is able to take that 12-bar blues and then expand on it and turn it into a killer song, then you've got something. And blues music is something that, in, in this country anyway, still has a strong following. You can go to a blues festival and there's going to be thousands of people there and there's there's blues artists out there like uh like a Damon Fowler or somebody like that that they're they're quite successful but they're not everyday names because blues music just isn't the the everyday yeah. music which I wish those guys could have more success or be more uh more well known but there's a part of me that really is glad that they're not because then you can go to a small blues festival or a, a club and see dudes that wail on a guitar and really can expand on that 12-bar blues and, and really just put on an amazing show, and you almost feel like you're part of a private little club that that you know about this and nobody else does. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the Black Keys are playing arenas. They're not in that, that mode, but... I don't remember. If, oh, yeah, I do. I was trying to think of who the opener for the Black Keys was, and it was Modest Mouse, so it was no one that... Uh, we care to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, Modest Mouse. I'm throwing shots in your direction. We are. Johnny Marr, you're, you're a great guitar player. We're just not that into the Modest Mouse. 
or the Smiths. <laughs> but <laughs> I do respect the man as a guitar player. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, so yeah, I don't really have my typical uh, which songs I I like off of it, just because I really haven't seen any of the song titles as I listen to them. Um, I f- if I remember correctly, Louise though is a the second song of the track. I mean, the second song of the album is a is a really nice song. Um, well, they do something on this album that that I really dig when bands do, and or you know, I don't know if this is an Apple exclusive or what, but the the last track on the album is a live version of uh, the the first song of the album. You know what? I just read that wrong. It's not. It's just an edited. Just version. an edited. Yeah, I was. I really like it when bands put a live version. I do like on I, there. Um, you know, sometimes live albums themselves can be a little much because they do so much sweetening in the studio and re-recording and adding of crowd noise. But if you've got a good raw live version or two of, of a song on an album, I, I, I dig that a lot. No, I, I'm actually, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for live albums and, um, in and speaking of what I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but Devin Townsend has another live album coming out. He's has like a whole series of live albums that he's just releasing right now. Um, so I'm excited for that because you know Devin Townsend. Yeah, but when I listened to this earlier today, I don't even remember that that being on there. So I don't know if I listened to a different version or, or what. But Apple Music will do that to you sometimes. Yeah. Um, one thing that I I really like about live albums um, is I think sometimes in I think live al- live albums are typically I don't want to say better than shows, but it's because they're not because it's you know it's it's not the same but there's a level to when a band's doing a live album like if because if, they, they they know that 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 show is going to be into an album so it's kind of a cooler show so it's like a really it's a really good show that you get on the album and one just for example um is that there's a it's not on apple music anymore but there was a non-point live album that was on apple music for a while and it was called Live and Kicking, which is a play on words of their song, Alive and Kicking. But there's the last song on it. It has one of those where he, he does like a cool little like interlude where he's talking into it. And he's he's hyping. He's like hyping the song without saying it. And he's like having going on a monologue. And I really like whenever uh, things like that happen. Because yeah. I like I just like when artists kind of do those cool little monologues with the crowd. And um, I remember talking about live live music, I guess, way back in like early high school with a friend. And he did not like to go to concerts because the songs to him did not sound like they did on the album. And he's like, well, I, you know, I just, why I would just listen to the album because that's what I like. Why would I want to see them play it differently? And I've always remembered that when I go to see a live show because I think it's very cool when it's different from oh, yeah. the album. Not... Not in a way that like, oh God, these guys can't play, you know, that's obviously done in the studio, looking at you, rat. <laughs> but but if they if they change it up, if they you know, they, they throw in a little longer guitar solo, if they if they medley it in with another song. Yeah. You know, um, maybe medley it in with a cover that's in the same chord structure. Um, all the all these things I think are very cool when a band does that. But yeah, I, I guess with some people 
it makes them nuts. Yeah, uh, and a big example of that is when we saw Black Label Society. I think we've mentioned this a few times. We got to see a heavy version of the Blessed Hell Ride, which right. I like. I don't remember that much because that was years ago, but <laughs> the idea of that to me is very cool because, you know, the Blessed Hell Ride's probably, uh, you know, that's an upper echelon Zach song. Into and, and famously, Neil Young at least in the old days, would do an acoustic set and then take a break, like an intermission, and then do an electric set. And you never know, you never knew if you were going to hear an acoustic version of Cinnamon Girl or a hard electric version of Cinnamon Girl or if he wasn't even going to play Cinnamon Girl. <laughs> but the, the point is, he would, just, he would just mix that up. Like sometimes you would get you know, different versions of, of these Neil Young songs, which was, I thought, very, very cool. No, yeah, I... Uh if if there's a live version of like, just like if you ha- in your discography, if you have a live version of a song, I might just tend to go like Devin Townsend has released many live albums. Like he eats, he might be in the double digits at this point. Like he between the Devin Townsend project, the Devin Townsend band, just solo Devin Townsend, he does he just does a lot of that. Right. Um, and. One of my favorite Devin Townsend songs is Deadhead, and that was all, that was like a 2003 song from the Devin Townsend band. We got to see him play that acoustic live, which I thought was really cool because that's a that's a really awesome song. That Devin Townsend show is almost like having Devin Townsend in the corner of your living room <laughs> with an acoustic guitar, just playing and goofing around. Yeah, no, it was it was it was this epic. It was an intimate venue. And he's it, opening. Yeah, he was he was an opener, so it, w- it was a short set, but it was just him and his acoustic guitar and his his little Mac computer, and Timmy. Timmy. And yeah, the the way he interacted with the crowd and made jokes and would just do stuff, it was very much like if you just hired a dude to play in your living room. It was it was very cool. But so there's about like off at least off the top of my head, I know that I think there's three or four live versions of Deadhead just that he has um, off of various live shows. One of them is that acoustic one. Um, and I think there's another one even coming out on this next acoustic album. I mean, this next uh, live album is coming out. But it's I love listening to the different versions of that song live because it's always a little bit different live. And, and you know, Devin's funny. There's This isn't Deadhead, but there's one song where he messes up the lyrics and he just acknowledges they mess like he says the lyrics and he's like, oh, that's not right. And then he says the next lyric. He goes like, but that one was. <laughs> and then he's like, haha, lyrics or something. But it, you know, just listening to the different versions of the way that, especially in Devin Townsend's one of those guys that is so talented that he doesn't like take a rep off for the live version. He right. plays the live version as recorded in the studio, and he right, does right, his crazy right. vocal wizardry and whatnot. But he does it a little bit differently every time, just to add a little bit of flair to it. I think that's always a fun little. We have turned this talk about the Black Keys right into a Devin Townsend podcast. We did. I'm sorry, but because uh, I didn't want to go down the Devin Townsend rabbit hole, but just <laughs> and, and then you did. But then I did. Um, especially, I think it's funny since this wasn't even a live version, a live thing. It was just the idea of it being a live song. Yeah, just because so. I looked up and I saw the parentheses. <laughs> saw the parentheses. Yeah, I'm sitting six feet away from the TV and and couldn't read it right. Like I said, when I listened to this earlier, I didn't remember a live song, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So, yeah, the new Black Keys album, it is called Delta Cream, a very cool album cover with an old early 70s Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme 
on the cover. One of my favorite muscle cars from the early 70s, back when America made awesome cars. And kind of one last point before uh, we wrap up the Black Keys is if you have the chance to see the Black Keys, I would definitely recommend it because, I mean, it's a fun show. Yeah, again, we touched on this earlier. So you did see the Black Keys, and thinking that you saw it, saw that show where you did, that's probably about an eight or 9,000-seater. So again, that that's a pretty a pretty big venue. No, yeah, it was. Did they at least fill it out with I know they have other musicians on stage, but do they fill it out with anything visual? Yeah, I mean there was uh I want to say there was a video screen. I don't fully remember that much. Yeah, there actually there was. I lied. There there was a big video screen and then they also had I think they only brought it out for the uh for the encore if you want um it might take a little bit longer than you want you can go look at the um just like go back out on apple music and look at the previous album cover to get a visual representation because it was basically a 3d like really big 3d version of that i don't really remember what it was though that okay so yeah that electric chair there on the bottom that black and pink electric chair they just had a big actually it might not be an electric chair but it's a chair they had a big chair um, but I think that only came out for the, um, I think that part only came out for the encore. I don't fully remember though. Oh, it's an electric chair. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it from a little bit further and it's a little smaller, but gotcha. also, uh, yeah, it's funny how I clicked on that, but that's not what came up. Apple music's just so well done. <laughs> nice, ni- nice work, Tim Apple. There it is. Um, yeah, but you know, the, th- the, in this album, the Let's Rock was kind of what I was talking about. Was the the two big songs in this one, Low, High, and Go, those are both really good songs, but they're just like kind of a little more poppy-ish than... It, it, it's kind of like the Royal Blood thing that we talked about last episode. Like y- You can acknowledge it's a little poppier without saying right. that it's bad. You yeah. know, it, it's not a bad thing, but yeah, it's... Yeah, just different production, really. It's it's an observation to have. Right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I mean... Dan Auerbach is also, he's another one of those guys that he's got a pretty good studio voice, but when, you you know, he plays it live and he he does it the way it's done, especially when they play a song like uh, Little Black Submarines, which is just kind of him and his acoustic guitar, um, just finger picking and singing this slow acoustic song. But uh, yeah, I would I'd definitely recommend if you have that opportunity to take it up at least once because it is a it is a good show well i haven't heard anything about them going out this summer but hopefully they get to put together some sort of tour this year i would imagine that they're prop that they they've got to at least be trying um because they we we had tickets to see them um a second time that got uh that got covid skied yeah so well yeah hopefully they'll hopefully they'll go out this year all right you got anything else I don't think so. We're going to wrap this thing up, huh? Unless you wanted me to... I mean, I could talk about more Devin Townsend if you're interested. Oh, <laughs> I know you can, but maybe everybody should just listen to your Devin Townsend podcast. The Way of Devin Townsend. <laughs> should start that. That's Jack, everybody. You can find him on Instagram at It's The Way Of Rock Jack. You can find the show on Instagram at It's The Way Of Rock. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at the same name. You can go to our website at itsthewayofrock.com, buy yourself a t-shirt, use the promo code TWOR, and save yourself 15%. We will talk to you again probably next week. For Jack, this is Jeff. It's the Way of Rock podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone.